a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Have you completely dedicated every part of yourself to it? And I said, well, what's the answer? And she says, that's the trouble. The answer is always no. I said, well, let's ask the question a different way. Has Jesus given everything for you? Has he dedicated his whole life to you? Has he invited you into his heart? And the answer to that is a glorious and gracious and conscious, freeing, comforting yes. Uh, only then we, we hear the gospel, that Jesus Christ came to earth, uh, was born of a Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life uh, in our place, and died the death that we deserved, took on the full wrath of God. All that was done for us so that we could be called righteous and holy in the eyes of God. That's not going to help with the who wants to date a seminarian hotline right there. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. We have a great show in store for you. Uh, we have a special guest, even though he decried um, me using that title when we recorded earlier for Table Scraps, Pastor Eric Brown. He's the pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Lahoma, Oklahoma. Uh, glad to be here today. Great. And you, uh, Instead of the word special, did you, or, or uh, what did you say, great guest? Do you want to use special guest, unique guest? Dubious. <laughs> <laughs> dubious guest. <laughs> Got it. Well, our dubious guest today. Our our solid lineup for our our dubious lineup for Table Talk Radio today is we're playing first <laughs> Ten Commandments in the news. And yeah, uh, my favorite game. Pastor Brown brought an article for that, and also uh, ending up with Bible Bee, the second half of the program. We of course have to start off with our theological buzzwords. And uh, my theological buzzword, Pastor, is actually given by Pastor Brown, so I'm going to let him introduce the buzzword and explain what it means. Uh, the word today is apocryphal, and uh-huh. that applies to uh, things that sound of a, well, I guess I'm going to use the word dubious and, and doomy nature in, in theology. So it sounds apocryphal and probably apocryphal. false, too. All right. Apocryphal. That would be from the apocrypha, the, uh, the like, books that were... Like something Made that claim would come to the Bible, from. but aren't yeah. really there. Yeah. yeah, got it. That that, uh, that well, legendary status that that may or may not be right. That's All good. your sermons. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, brother, I've been like, being ganged up on here. My buzzword <laughs> for you guys. Now, how about this? Uh, there's 500 points on the line for this buzzword. Uh, and uh, if, for all the buzzwords, that's how it always is. But I'm going to, if uh, Pastor Brown, if you get this, I will give you the points instead of uh, Vicar Gagelin. What? So, uh, yeah. So, so I'm putting. So I'm. This is like uh, the game 500. Remember when you were a kid okay. and you throw the ball up in the football and whoever catches it gets the points. I'm going to throw the buzzword up there. All right. And whoever gets it first can get the points. Uh, and the the buzzword that I have for you is the perhaps the most important theological buzzword of all. The word is justification, oh. uh, which means simply to declare righteous. I'm going to read Article 4 of the Augsburg Confession for this marvelous just, uh, definition of justification. Our churches teach that people cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works. People are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. By his death, Christ made satisfaction for our sins. God counts this faith for righteousness in his sight. Romans three twenty one to twenty six and Romans four verse five. 
All right, so justification is the buzzword. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, first we're playing uh, Ten Commandments in the News, and this is where we read an article, um, and then we discuss which of the Ten Commandments is being uh, involved in this article. And then the other little thing that we've added is how do you start a conversation with someone about this, or um, at what point do we do we bring in this this Christian worldview that we're viewing this article and, and speak it to someone on the street? Is that right? Uh, I think so. Okay. Well, Sounds good to me. I'll give mine first. Um, okay. <laughs> Critics claim New York plan to pay women to donate eggs for stem cell research. What? The, Say that again? Critics slam New York plan to pay women to donate eggs for stem cell research. The decision to offer New York women up to $10,000 to donate their eggs for stem cell research, payable by taxpayers, is incredibly irresponsible and immoral, critics told FoxNews.com. <laughs> Um, Wendy Wright, president of Concerned Women for America, said the move, um, the first of its kind nationwide, treats women as commodities, almost like cows, could lead to cash-strapped women to, in other states to partake in similar programs. The board oversees New York stem cell research recently voted to use state funds for, for the payments. Wright suggested that California might make a similar offer to egg donors. Um, New York... This, this, I, I need I need someone to help explain this this next sentence. This doesn't make any sense to me at all. New York State Health Commissioner Dr. Richard Danes said it's ethical to pay women to donate eggs because of the discomfort associated with the procedure. The program is expected to be in place by next year. Well, what what did you need explained about that? He said it's ethical to pay women to donate their eggs because of the, the discomfort associated with the procedure. Right. Rather than just letting them volunteer their eggs of their own good free will, we'll, we'll, because they're going to get poked, we'll, oh. we'll give them some cash. Okay. But you, but you see what, what that statement actually does is it, it deflects the moral issue because the, mm-hmm. um, because the essential moral issue here is, is an egg a commodity that should be traded can you pay for uh, someone's egg? And he, and he's saying, look, we're not paying for the egg. We're paying. We're reimbursing them for the pain that they go through to to give up the egg. Well, you see the difference there? Yeah. It, it's only fair that we do this because, after all, it, it it hurts them if we do the procedure. So we're 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 paying for pain and suffering. Okay. Oh, I don't know why I didn't get that in the first place. Okay. Uh, donor eggs are required for embryonic stem cell research, which scientists could believe. Uh, which scientists believe could lead to cures for diseases like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, and as well as injuries to the spine. And that's also another uh, sentence in this article that I think requires review. It says, uh, donor eggs are required for embryonic stem cell research. But what isn't being uh, questioned is, is embryonic stem cell research required for the, the cure of these diseases? Well, and also that implies that they're going to be fertilizing these eggs. To do the research, it's not just we're we're looking at eggs. It's going to be we're going to be making people in the lab and then experimenting on them, which yeah. is entire uh, another added dimension entirely. That's right. Well, I mean, and the 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 critics in this article are right. I mean, when when uh, women are strapped for cash, and especially in economic times like this, uh, and, and someone's offering you ten thousand dollars to donate your eggs, it's going to be a pretty Pretty good option for for some women. So, uh, pa- I'm going to send it to Pastor Brown first. Uh, any ten, any of the Ten Commandments you can see uh, being involved in this article? Oh well, uh, obviously one. We'll just 
blow by one because any time you break a commandment, you're breaking the first one. Um, I think the the two big ones that stand out are, of course, five because you're you're messing around with with human life, but then also six, just with the uh, the 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 idea of our our God's gift of human sexuality and what that's meant to be for, and there is a a lot of commodit- commoditizing. There, there's a lot of buying and selling here that that touches really close to to issues of of what are our bodies for, namely not just ourselves, but for if the Lord gives us a spouse for that spouse, and that seems to uh, cut really close to to messing around with that one a lot. That's right. Pastor Wolf, do you have anything to add to that? It is it is amazing how, I mean, really when social issues come, the Fifth Commandment and the Sixth Commandment are wrapped up into one another, the Fifth Commandment being you shall not murder, and the Sixth Commandment you shall not commit adultery. And so that's true. And, and the reason why they're so wrapped up together, I mean, there's a there's a reason just kind of built into creation why the Sixth and Seventh Commandments are almost always joined, is because the way that the Lord gives the gift of life fifth commandment what he's protecting with the fifth commandment is through the gift of family and sexuality which is the gift that god protects in the sixth commandment uh so what you often see is when the sixth commandment and you see this in the scriptures as well as just in life when the sixth commandment's broken when there's adultery then there's often murder that follows uh we see that for example i mean maybe the clearest case in the scriptures is david and Bathsheba, and then the murder of uriah uh but you see it also with this whole thing um, with abortion, oftentimes the children that are aborted are the result of uh, not husband and wife having uh, becoming pregnant, but rather a breaking of the sixth commandment. But the interesting thing about this story is now the seventh commandment's brought in because you have money involved as well, and the seventh commandment is protecting the gift of property, so that so that uh, so that you take a sixth commandment issue, uh, someone's fertility, someone's body, uh, someone's uh, kind of uh, well, the egg that the that a woman has in her womb or in her body, and now you make it a commodity for sale, and you and now you move it into the seventh commandment as well, and so you kind of have five, six, and seven all wrapped up and in, into play. It's kind of a, I think it's a complex situation here. That's uh, true. But it's 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 interesting. That's kind of what prostitution is. It's taking six commandment issues and moving them into the seventh commandment, so that now you, someone is paying someone else for intimacy, which is, uh, and so you're crossing those boundaries and and wrapping those commandments in and and breaking them both at the same time. Okay, Pastor Brown, we actually need to go to a break real quick. Then we'll get your uh, your comment right on the other side of this break. We are talking about this article for Ten Commandments in the News. Critics slam New York plan to pay women to donate their eggs for stem cell research. We'll be right back for more Table Talk Radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Serious theology. Seriously bad hosts. Step one, you say we need to talk. He walks, you say sit down, it's just... All right, we're playing Ten Commandments on the News on Table Talk Radio. And and on our forum, uh, Evan, we, we posted a contest up there. I posted it. 
Uh, I'm giving away some ridiculous amount of Table Talk Radio points to a person who can find the news story in which all of the Ten Commandments come into play or all the Ten Commandments are broken. I think I think it was 10 million points or something crazy. Like, I can't remember exactly. Uh, but we're out there looking for the uh, for the news story in which the most Ten Commandments are broken. So as you, our dear Table Talk Radio listeners, are watching the news, uh, be paying attention to that. All right, we are talking in uh, in this segment, Ten Commandments in the News, about this article. Critics slam New York plan to pay women to donate their eggs for stem cell research. Pastor Brown, you had a comment on that before we went to the break. Uh, one other thing that we should think about is that the fourth commandment comes in with the idea of respecting authority, and you have the state involved in this. And suddenly you have the state providing justification for this activity. So you, you have all these other issues of the abuse of authority and even the idea that, well, if the state's doing it, then it must be okay. Those type of issues do come up because this isn't just a private company saying we want to go do this research. This is state taxpayer funds. And so you have a, a lot of uh, questions of authority being used. All right, uh, Pastor. Do you want to, Pastor Brown? Do you want to take an approach on how you would uh, start addressing this someone uh, about this article? Oh, gads! Um, don't live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> what What are you doing? Trying to sell your eggs? What? What? Well, and again, partially, some of this would be um, look at how how society will prey upon people who have need. I mean, really, who's going to be targeted with this? I, I don't expect your 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 upper class suburbanite woman is going to say, "Well, I should go do, donate my eggs." You're, the, the, you could really see a lot of social things with this. So, I don't know. Um, you you could end up talking too about the uh, the the care of of your individual and your neighbor, just in terms of. One of the reasons why we're given to care for each other in communities so that we don't push people and especially women to apps of prostitution, whether it be straight sexual prostitution or this sort of eggy hybrid type of thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think, by the way, too, I'm just to have a pretty clear statement about this is that the, I think, it, well, it has been demonstrated over and over again that there are some benefits from stem cell research, but that there are stem cells in each of us, not just in uh, embryos. In fact, they've shown that any sort of embryonic stem cell research really has not yielded uh, good results, but adult stem cell re research that they take from like bone marrow or this sort of stuff uh, has shown good results. So that there's no reason at all, at all, to harvest stem cells from uh, embryos or or children that haven't been born. And and just to, I mean, I think we need to be clear on that fact as well, uh, so that um, uh, so that we're not against any we're not against stem cell research, but killing babies to get the stem cells is is murder. Right. In any form. All right, Pastor Brown, you have an article for us? I, I do. It's not nearly as controversial. <laughs> okay. Dry conditions, winds, leave California open to big fires. Uh, this is from L.A. Dry conditions and strong winds in California left much of the state vulnerable to massive fires, with blaze starters ranging from a cooking fire at a drug trafficking operation to a bird flying into a power line. Quote, oh, it man. really... It really goes to show you that it doesn't take much with these dry conditions to start a fire, end quote, said California spokesman Daniel Berlot uh, to CNN Sunday. 
The fire sparked by a bird hitting a power line ignited a series of blazes in Yuba County, forcing some 1,300 firefighters to the scene and officials to declare evacuation in the town of Dobbins, he said. Authorities have battled the Yuba fire since Friday and expect containment by Thursday. In Southern California, Santa Barbara County, a week-long blaze has charred more than 84,000 acres, investigators said. The fire originated in the legal marijuana camp believed to be run by a Mexican drug organization. The Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Narcotic Unit said... Whoa, that just added a whole different layer. (laughs) Go back one sentence again and read that business again. The fire originated at an illegal marijuana camp believed to be run by a Mexican drug organization. The Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Narcotic Unit said in a news release Saturday night... I haven't heard of any other fire starting that way, said U.S. Forest Service spokesman Carol Underhill, Hobbit in disguise, referring to the so-called La Brea Fire. More than 2,000 firefighters are fighting the blaze, which is 35% contained, authorities said. Some homes around the Los Padres National Forest have been evacuated. Uh, Narcotics investigators have secured the area after working for the past month to eradicate marijuana operations in the remote and steep terrain, the release said. It is also believed that the suspects are still within the San Rafael wilderness trying to leave the area on foot. Twenty firefighters sustained minor injuries while trying to contain a complex of smaller fires in northern California Shasta County that have burned nearly at least 17,623 acres, authorities said. So, and then there's just a little bit. All right. Uh, So, Pastor Ruff, I'm going to hand this off to you. Uh, Which Ten Commandments (laughs) you see in this? Well, I was thinking oh, forest fires, dry conditions. What in the world? But then, the <laughs> in the illegal Mexican marijuana camp, uh, boy, uh, the, the, w- drugs. By the way, let's just take take, take a look at uh, the whole business of of, uh, of drugs and illegal marijuana and this sort of thing. That falls clearly then under the um, the fifth commandment: you shall not kill. Uh, that uh, that. Um, that, that human beings become addicted to certain sort of substances, and especially uh, illegal substances. This is uh, what's there. And then, because our government has said, "Hey, uh, you shouldn't become, uh, you shouldn't use these sort of things that become addictive and destroy your life," uh, we make a law against it. Then it also becomes a fourth commandment issue. Uh, so the fifth and fourth commandments are certainly under play, uh, in play there. Uh, but with the whole fire thing, you know what I was thinking of is not one of the Ten Commandments, but the petition of the Lord's Prayer, which says simply, "Give us this day our daily bread." And what we pray in that in that petition is that the Lord would protect all that we need for this body and life. He would protect us from danger. He would protect our crops and our earth from danger, so that it would continue to give forth the things that we need uh, to support this body and life. And so I I would put the whole business of dry conditions and forest fires and things like this. Under the um, under the petition, fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Very good. And um, as, as far as addressing someone about this article, I, I would and, and concerning drug use, I would maybe use uh, those. Have you seen those <laughs> those ads on uh, on TV that just kind of show people who use drugs? It's just really gross pictures. I think that's the way I would go with this one. I would start a, a TV ad campaign. This is your brain. This is your brain on Table <laughs> right. Talk Radio. <laughs> okay, well, we're running out of time, so Pastor, let's let's hit your article too. 
Okay, here we are. Uh, this is from, I clicked on Lutherans for Life and then clicked over and I followed the link down. Uh, so this is, I think, uh, National Right to Life Federal Legislation uh, Alert. And here's a, a, a discussion of our president, Barack Obama, on July 17, 2007, during his campaign for the Democratic presidential nomination, he appeared before the annual conference of Planned Parenthood Action Fund. And speaking of his plans for health care reform, he says this, quote, In my mind, reproductive care is essential care, basic care. So it is at the center, the heart of the plan that I propose. He continues, what we're doing is to say that we're going to set up a public plan that all persons and all women can access if they don't have health insurance. It's a plan that will provide all essential services, including reproductive services. Then the article continues, under his plan, Obama explained, people could have choice to keep their existing private health care plans, but, quote, insurers are going to have to abide by the same rules in terms of providing comprehensive care, including reproductive care. That's going to be absolutely vital. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there's a lot being said here, and there's stuff that's not being said. Um, Pastor Brown, you want to take the first crack at this one? Oh, as to what a commandments involves? Yeah, comm- commandments involves. Oh, man. Well, you, you you got four, five, and six again, that, that happy trio, because whenever you have... Uh, the government involved on anything dealing with abortion and reproduction, or that could lead to abortion and reproduction, have those ones coming in together. Gad, with how much is left unsaid, you might almost do the Eighth Commandment in this one, too, because I, I get the, the, the strong impression that, that, that things aren't being said, that, that with, with the whole issue on, on health care, the debate needs to be had. We need to hash out what we want to do and if you don't say anything that's tantamount to lying if i if i uh hold back my truthfulness with what i say then i i'm tantamount to lying or if i only tell people the part of the thing that they'll want to hear not the other part that's an eighth commandment issue i don't know if that counts as you were and then we could do coveting because it seems like everyone is chasing after well we want what everyone else has in terms of health care yeah good point there is something to that. I, now I so you got you got uh, the tenth commandment in there too. Four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, and one. Of course, always. This is getting really close. But it's. It, I mean, just the doesn't reason say anything why about God. Skip- doesn't say anything about God. So so we're we're okay in that one. Doesn't say skipping church. It it, it does have uh, this real sense of uh, of um, the idea that we all ought to have the same thing. That there should not be diversity of gifts, and that's that's this covetousness, and and everything everything is kind of pushed towards that. I mean, this is the kind of m- the move that socialism makes. You know, I was just reading in um, in Luke 19 this last weekend, where where Jesus says, "To the one who has much, much will be given, and to the one who has nothing, everything will be taken away," <laughs> which is the precise opposite of socialism. Uh, it, uh, you know what I mean? It's the, the way that the Lord works in His kingdom is He gives further and further gifts. He makes people. Uh, rich in in the things that they have um the the way that the covetous heart of man wants to work is if someone has it's much then if someone has something everything ought to everyone ought to have that and that's the kind of the idea with uh, universal health care is everyone has the same but then this idea of reproductive rights before you uh, hit reproductive simply, rights let's take a quick break and then we'll ha- talk oh, about man. reproductive rights right after this break or 10 commandments of the news right after this break You really are listening to Table Talk Radio. 
And now, it's time for Table Talk Extras with Vicar Evan Gigline. Sometimes people ask me, what is your favorite verse in the Bible? And I have a hard time picking just one. But if I can pick a whole chapter, it would be Revelation chapter 7. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are those clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In this chapter of Revelation, we have a glimpse of what it will be on the last day as the entire Christian church is ushered into heaven wearing the white robes that they receive from Christ's righteousness bestowed to them at their baptism. That we will approach the throne of God with full confidence and surety, praising him in hosannas with palm branches in our hand, with the joy of eternal salvation before us. It's then we sing blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to God the Father forever and ever. Amen. This is the day we look forward to in Christ Jesus. This has been a production of Table Talk Radio. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. Table Talk Radio has been broadcasting for just over a year now, and it remains to be everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show. Over the past year, we've grown to three radio station affiliates, and we are constantly growing with more podcast listeners. But we need your help. Table Talk Radio is listener-supported. If you can help us pay the bills, visit our website, tabletalkradio.org, and click the Donate button to ensure the continuation of Table Talk Radio. Thanks for your consideration and for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Under this uh, health care reform, that uh, uh, the article that Pastor Wolfman read, it, it talked a lot about reproductive care. Pastor, what's it talking about? Uh, abor- abortion. It's talking about. Uh, it seems to be unreproductive care, <laughs> right? Or that's right. unreproductive uncare. <clears throat> that's right. It's it's um, uh, it's just code language for abortion, really, uh, which is the kind of sacrament of, uh, of Planned Parenthood. I mean, <laughs> it's all that matters for these guys. And so, uh, so when uh, President uh, or then candidate Obama was talking to Planned Parenthood, this has to be the constant refrain: reproductive rights. And they all know what it means: uh, abortion. So that when you when you open up the the House bill for uh, health care reform and you start to read about reproductive rights and stuff, it's it's vague. It's very vague. It doesn't say, "Hey, we're going to finance abortions uh, for anyone that wants them." Um, but the, but this is what's this is certainly what's in play here. One of the things that's been really weird with me is I've been talking to some of my my liberal friends from college, and they're they're the ardent we we should have this, and the the observation is it's been the conservative folks who are saying okay is abortion health care, 
And you'd think if anyone were going to say abortion isn't has anything to do at all with health, it would be the conservatives. But they're pointing out what what's going to be included in this plan. And you get over and over, oh, why 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 are why are people bringing up abortion with this? Well, because when we hear reproductive care, what's included in that? And we don't want to have anything slipped in when it shouldn't be. That's right. Well, I th- and by the way, whenever you're talking about abortion, you're simply talking about the fifth commandment: you shall not kill. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it just has to be that simple. And we should probably get rolling on playing Bible B. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so this is where uh, we have some uh, Bible passages. We give there's three rounds. The first round you you get three verses. The second round you get one verse, and the third round you get one word. And uh, you'll get these hints to identify which book of the Bible it is. But then the addition thing, of course, we'll talk about the Bible verse. We're going to try to identify whether this Bible verse is law or gospel. So I'm going to send the first one to Pastor Brown. It's Pastor Brown versus Pastor Wolfman there, by the way. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And uh, I think you get 100 for the first round. And here's your entry, Pastor Brown. This This is your passage. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Oh, gads. (laughs) (laughs) Can I I just say the epistles? Um, Oh, gad, let's go with... I should know this. First Peter. It is actually from the book of Romans. Ooh. Oh, that's okay, oh, though. No. Don't I, worry. We missed you... a softball question. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to talk about this first? You know, the the one time I hear, the, hear this verse quoted almost all the time is when I'm talking to someone about decision theology, mm-hmm. and they'll turn to Romans uh, chapter uh, 10 and say, oh, look, uh, right here it says, if you can confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. There it is. Well, one of the things that comes up, and this is something where we don't get how the Greek language works, is they use a logical if quite often. It's more like the flow chart. You could even translate that if as when when this is the, the situation of what's happening, you know you're over here. And so sometimes we, we get that uh, that that oh, well, it's this, I have to do this, and then this will follow. It's, but but no, it's describing a situation. If if this is going on, then this is the other thing that's also going on at the same time. It's not a, a consequence, but rather it's a, a situational. And that's something that the Greek language does a ton that we don't really do much anymore uh, in in English, modern English. All right, well, I'm going to read it again, and you can tell me law or gospel. Okay. Here it is again. But what does it say? The Lord is near you. Or excuse me. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are proclaiming, that we are preaching. Right? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Well, there is definitely a, a lot of of gospel there because the word is near and you have salvation. These are, are treated as things that, that you have, you have been justified. Um, now there is a, a, 
Sanctu- Buzzword. <laughs> I used it already in the second segment. But uh, oh, I missed it. If we missed it, you missed get automatic five hundred points. <laughs> um, but but there is also there there is a a you can add in a sanctification component, which which does have have law. Sanctification does deal with law, with the the idea that that what you hear should also be on your tongue. So if you wanted to hammer someone with with law, you could use, but the the it seems like the the majority of the focus is to provide comfort and, and just say who you are in Christ. This comes out. All right. Does that does that work? That's great. Um, Will your audience buy it? The survey says. Ding ding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Pastor uh, Brown is sitting with 500 points for his theological buzzword. We we do have a rule that if uh, we don't catch the theological buzzword used, then you automatically get the full 500. And since we didn't catch it in the second segment, then there it is. You guys will have to go back and listen. <laughs> All right, Pastor Wolf, are you ready for your first round? Ready-ish. Okay. <laughs> God will not turn back his hunger. Uh, his hunger. <laughs> Okay. Are you ready for your first round? <laughs> I'm ready. God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him crouched the helpers of Rahab. How then can I answer him and choose my words before him? For though I were right, I could not answer. I would have to implore the mercy of my judge. Ooh, boy. Um, so this Rahab. Oh, man. What a judge. The, you know, the uh, the minor pro- this is Old Testament text. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I, the minor prophet that uh, has this discussion of kind of this, well, a number of them follow this pattern of a courtroom uh, stand before God, and, and God will put the prophet on trial and this sort of thing. I'm going to, uh, I know, though, that the uh, prophet Hosea uh, has that pattern, if I am remembering correctly. And so I'm going to say Hosea. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're looking for Job. Oh, Job, Job chapter again. You nine. went back to Job. <laughs> wow. Job chapter 9. Okay, I'll read it again for your law and gospel discernment. Um, God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him crouch the helpers of Rahab. How then can I answer him and choose my words before him? For though I were right, I could not answer. For I would have to implore the mercy of my judge. Well, the, I think there's maybe a little law and gospel in this text. The law, in the sense that we cannot, we cannot stand before God and justify ourselves, declare ourselves to be righteous. We cannot stand before God, even if we were right, and and say that we deserve anything, because before God, uh, uh, all of our uh, human righteousness wastes away, and yet. Uh, Job testifies there that we can stand before the Lord and beg for mercy so that we can so the Hebrew says for example we we approach the throne of grace the the seat of mercy with boldness because God is uh, looks kindly upon us in Christ so you have first a, a confession of uh, of job's utter sinfulness but then um, uh, this this uh, uh, declaration that the Lord is merciful and good and so he can still plead his case before him. All right, well, better luck next time. <laughs> I thought it was a good guess. So far, <laughs> o, o, o for 2 here. Yeah, I feel so bad now. <laughs> All right, well, here's round 2. Round 2 is worth 200 points. And Pastor Brown, you're first. Your verse is this. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. 
he who has believed. Yeah, that's what I have. And I am reading from the New American Standard Bible. Oh, God. Well, I want to say Mark 16. Is that, is that your final answer? Yeah, but okay. but 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 it, it, it's not like the way it's not the catechism translation. So I'm like, okay, is this like someone else quoting it somewhere else? Weird. Yes, I'll go. Mark. Mark. 16. Mark is correct. Mark sixteen sixteen. Oh, he gave me a softball uh, one. <laughs> okay, I'll read it again. Then uh, he who has believed, or uh, the translation you're used to, would be he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. All right. So that would be law or gospel. Oh wait, wait. I need the whole thing though. <laughs> But he who is disbelieved shall be condemned. So law and or gospel. It would be both. It, it, it gets to the, 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 the heart of the gospel is that we are, are accounted righteous on Christ's sake, and we receive this gift through faith. But it also gets to the heart of the law. The heart of the law is always disbelieving God. You go back to Adam and Eve in the garden. God says, don't eat this. It'll be bad for you. Adam and Eve disbelieve God. All sin is ultimately disbelief. So it really does cut to the heart of both law and gospel there. That's right. And uh, we have about a minute. Isn't it interesting in that verse, though, that, that baptism is brought in? I mean, it, it, I love it when, when I'm talking with, with uh, someone who's rejecting baptism. Well, baptism is, is just man's work. You can't say we're saved by baptism. But hey, look, Mark sixteen sixteen says it's belief and baptism. So baptism is essentially a part of salvation. So the question is, is baptism law or gospel? Well, it, it it's gospel, although it, it's something that you're expecting to have. I mean, I, I can say you are alive because you're breathing. Being alive and breathing go hand in hand. Right, so yeah. if I if I say, Evan, you, you should keep breathing, that that's not a radical law statement. That that, <laughs> that, that, that again it's that it's that whole conditional. If you want to be one, you're gonna you're gonna be the other. If you want to live, you need to keep breathing. If you are a believer, there will be baptism. The, the two go hand in hand. They're the dance partners. All right. Well, we need time. Take a quick break. We we'll finishing up Table Talk Radio's Bible B right after this break. Don't go away. And a little bit of chicken fries. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio world. Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. Last segment of Table Talk Radio. Finally. Playing Bible B. And uh, he says finally because he's lo- losing 700 to zero. It's your last chance for a buzzword in the Bible B. <laughs> I know. I should have talked about how that story about the bird flying into the power line sounded apocryphal, <laughs> but I totally missed it. I missed my window of opportunity. Yeah, you did. Well, here's your second opportunity to get 200 points in. Um, and what are we playing? Bible B. And uh, I can't write and uh, talk at the same time. But here it is. I've got no problem. I've been typing this whole game. <laughs> you know, we've been listening. <laughs> okay, here's your verse. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self and its evil practices. Oh, man. <laughs> Laying aside the old self and its evil practices. Can, is uh, That's New Testament language. The old self would be the old Adam or our sinful flesh, and to lay it aside is our daily act of repentance. Now, that's discussed any number of places. Paul especially likes that kind of language. Um, and I think Peter has it as well. I think. But but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of stick with Paul. 
And now, uh, you we, we begin to see Paul settle into a pattern of epistles kind of in the middle of his letters. So, so we have Romans, which is a unique thing. Paul had never visited Rome. It's a more systematic approach. Um, he'll talk about that sort of thing in chapter 6, but I don't think he re- he uses that language, if I remember right. First and Second Corinthians are kind of uniquely shaped letters, and then when you get to the end of Paul's letters, when he's writing to pastors, uh, they're also kind of uniquely shaped. But in the middle, when you have Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those four, he kind of settles into a pattern. Well, he'll, he'll talk about the gift of justification, the death of Jesus, our redemption, and then talk about baptism, and then speak of the Christian life. And I think uh, then the, it's going to be one of these four. I'm kind of, I, I'm not, now I get unsure with every narrowing. Uh, but you will see especially that sort of thing um, in Colossians. So I'm going to put, since I have to guess, I'm going to guess the epistle of Colossians. <laughs> I am impressed. Very good. Colossians it is. Hey! <laughs> good, job. Woo! Good, good, good job. I thought, oh, that's so vague. I mean, that's that's everywhere. He won't get it. Uh, I, Colossians has this, it had don't lie to yourself. And Colossians, if I remember right, has a, a uh, it's emphasizing this, uh, truth and falsehood kind of distinction. That's the kind of one of the unique things in, in this epistle because it, there's all these false teachers. It seems like there's a bunch of kind of philosophers hanging around Colossae and uh, and Paul's kind of z- narrows in on those guys in this epistle. So Well, you have uh, 200 points to Pastor Brown's 700. And, uh, How many do you have there, Evan? I have a million I why why uh, you were talking there? I just posted on our forum at tabletalkradio.org the article that uh, gets covers all ten commandments. So I'm winning. Um, okay, so law and or gospel Colossians three nine. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. Yes, this laying aside of the old self is repentance which is both law and gospel. In fact, we can say it, I think, very clearly like this. Repentance embraces two parts. Uh, The first is uh, contrition, sorrow over our sinfulness. It's the result of hearing the law and and knowing that we're nothing. And then the second part of repentance uh, is faith in the gospel, trusting in God's word of promise that our sins are forgiven. So this laying aside the old self is both. It's it's an act of con- a repentance, contrition, and faith. So both law and gospel. That's my answer. Ding, 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 ding. That worked really well. All right. Well, it's I'm still 500 points behind. <laughs> and pa- we're down to the wire here. Down to the wire. Pastor so Brown, the most exciting round of Bible B, oh, the okay. one-word round. Yes, and uh, this is a one-word clue for 300 points. And the one word is Sardis. S-A-R-D-I-S. Sardis. Sardis. I'm going to guess that is apt. Oh, I'm sorry. This is actually from Revelation. The Church of Sardis. Well, yeah, I knew it was one of the churches. Was it something Paul hit while he was Uh running around alive, or was it the afterward? Oh, well, if it's from Revelation, you can almost say it's almost kind of apocryphal, but. <laughs> you can't use your own buzzword. I can't do it. It's narcissistic. <laughs> well, no. He's trying to get points any way he can. But you don't need to worry. You got this 500 point cushion. I did horrible last time I was on the show. I gotta, I gotta 
do something. Well, that's the most difficult game ever invented that we played with you. Uh, what was it? Say, it was a uh, Augustine Stalpitz or Luther? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was. No, I don't know what's coming up. Okay, I'm gonna. The just... deck was stacked against you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to read in Revelation the message to Sardis, and that you can tell me whether this is law and or gospel. He who has seven spirits of God and seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you, ha- that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which are about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. Well, wake up or you will die is sort of a law statement. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and it really does go to the, the, the fact that that um, a Christian does live by faith and that deeds done without faith are, are dead, dull works. And it really does get to the point that not so much that they aren't being bad people in the sense of the world. It's not that they're they're necessarily not doing the nice things, but rather you, you aren't living the life of repentance. You aren't seeing your own sinful nature. You're seeing your deeds that you do that you think are wonderful, but you aren't repenting, and hence with, with no confession of sin, there is no receptance of forgiveness. There is no, no living in justification. So. I, I, I sound like a price. <laughs> you, yeah, when your buzzword, buzzword is justification, that's, what, that's good, though. You only get it once, though. Oh, okay. All right. All right. You can't uh, access the points over and over. You can only go to that well one time. Oh, well, wow. You can only go to justification one time. I, I don't know. If it's that, your that, buzzword. Oh, oh, yeah. oh that, that's what you mean. I... The buzzword is like baptism. If you, if you have it more than once, it's just the same as the first one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's it's time for your one word clue, Pastor Wolfmiller, and this is worth three hundred points. Uh, and you kind of need this. Um, in fact, it won't even do you any good. So you have to try and work on your buzzword and get right. this at the same time. Okay, your one word is bubbling. What <laughs> bubbling? <laughs> what version are you reading from? I okay. I I prefer the NASV, but I I went to make sure it uses this word in the ESV, and it does. So bubbling is your word. Do I have only one option? Yeah, there's only one use of this in the entire Bible. One use of the word bubbling. Oh. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm going to guess it's going to be in a narrative. Now, the only reason is because of the gerund, the ing ending, so it's talking. I mean, it could be in a poetic something or other. Uh, but I'm going to guess that uh, David finds a brook bubbling up or a, a well bubbling up or a spring bubbling up and is hiding from Saul. That's what I'm going to uh, guess. Uh, so that would put it in First Samuel. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not correct. <laughs> the, the tension. <laughs> I, I didn't like that pause. That, that, that pause was impressive. No, I'm sorry. You're looking for Proverbs 18.4. Oh, you kill me with the Proverbs every time. <laughs> the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so is that law and or gospel? Well, how does Proverbs start? Is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So fear there, we I, I think, again, simply means repentance. Fear it means that we... That we fear the Lord's law, but we trust his promises. Uh, fear is often used in the Old Testament as simply worship, to acknowledge God's greatness uh, and also his mercy. Um, 
So uh, that's from Psalm 130. Uh, There's forgiveness with you that you may be feared. So we have both law and gospel in that word fear. And so whenever it speaks of uh, wisdom, I think that that's speaking in Proverbs of simply the ability to distinguish between law and gospel. So I, I, I don't think it's maybe necessarily a word of law or a word of gospel, but simply a word about law and gospel, that the wise man brings forth uh, both the Lord's commandments uh, and his deeds. Pastor, do you have any uh, response with that? Well, in, in, in terms of, of this, I think you could do a, a little bit more law-heavy just because it, it gets more to, to sanctification. And, and one of the things that we need to remember is whenever you're talking about sanctification, you're talking about law. It, it's, it's good law, as, as Matthias Loy would have us sing, the law of God is good and wise. But it still does deal with law, and that's not a, a, a bad thing, unless you're failing to do it, in which case it is, and hey, we all are, and hence we should be driven to repentance. So, All right, well, that's uh, about going to do it for this edition of Table Talk Ooh. Radio. Did I win? Uh, yeah, well, the final <laughs> score, Pastor Brown with 700 points, and Pastor Wolfmiller, co-host of Table Talk Radio, a mere 200 so, Pastor Brown, for your uh, parting prize, you can take anything you want that's within arm's reach right now. Anything from – are you in Evan's apartment? Yeah, but I'm like at a desk and the only thing is the microphone. And, and well, I mean I, <laughs> I don't really want to grab that. I, I guess there's a glass cup. Or, I don't there's know. not much here. So. He's a vicar. <laughs> See, he's there's, he's oh, used oh, to wait, saying to this. the one who has less. Less will be what was the one who has less more will be taken away. Is that the quote that earlier? See, Pastor Wolfman is used to doing this to me when I'm in my dorm room and all of my possessions are in a in a one room space. So I, I think I should get first pick of something in his dorm room when he returns. All yeah, right. there you go. Uh, you got it. All right. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Pastor Brown, for coming from Lahoma, Oklahoma, to to Norman to be live in studio for Table Talk Radio. Great, glad to be here. Thanks, guys. And thank you all for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the first aid kit at a Benny Hinn rally. Really kind of useless. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message. 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.